Your positive, positive, positive imprint. 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 Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Well, hello, this is Catherine, your host of the podcast, Your Positive Imprint, the variety show featuring people all over the world whose positive actions are inspiring positive achievements. Exceptional people rise to the challenge. Music by the talented Chris Knoll. Check out his music and learn so much more about his pretty rad, awesome background. ChrisKnoll.com. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Your Positive Imprint. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Check out my YouTube channel, Your Positive Imprint, and my website, YourPositiveImprint.com, where, of course, you can sign up for email updates to learn more about the podcast, as well as listen to the podcast, or, of course, listen from any podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, any, or just your favorite podcast platform. Your Positive Imprint, what's your PI? Today's guest is biologist, endangered species manager, cinematographer, diver, activist, and advocate, Terry Lilly, is able to educate and bring awareness to the changes to the coral reefs, wildlife populations, landscapes, and so much more. Terry's legacy is to bring not only awareness to the preservation of our natural world, but the active engagement by humans to save the environment. Terry... Welcome to the show. It's so good to see your smiling face over there in Hawaii. <laughs> well, alo- aloha from Hawaii, and thank you for having me. Yes, it, uh, aloha. It, it's nice to get up out of the water and dry out for a little while from time to time. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're drying out here at your positive imprint and and sharing. And you've already shared so much in the many many years that you have worked with wildlife, and so I'm just thrilled to have you share with what is happening today, and some of it certainly can be devastating news, but there's always hope. We always want to look for the positive and look for hope. Oh, absolutely. You know, Catherine, I was very blessed as a little kid, and I look back at it now and, wow, why did I get uh, such good parents that had me? When I was two years old, my father taught me to surf. And I've been surfing ever since. When I was four years old, my father literally picked me up at the beach, placed me in a pond with two six-foot-long sharks, and (laughs) said, said, swim around, get to know them, they're your friends. And my mom and my dad, basically, for my entire younger life, let me live out in nature. And what that taught me uh, is a lot of positive things. And I say this a lot in my school classroom programs. As long as there's DNA left on Earth and the Earth is spinning, there is always hope. Mother Nature will find a way. And I live by that and really believe it. And my motto is very much oriented to firsthand observation. That's one of the reasons why I like living in Hawaii because the Hawaiian culture was built on first-hand observation for the last 1,800 years. So I like to be in the water, be with the animals, be with the surf, learn from them, and then share those experiences, especially with uh, uh, children in our local school. Well, that's so remarkable, and, and definitely at such a young age, which is your legacy. 
which is your parents' legacy, right? I don't have ocean, obviously, here in New Mexico, but we have the wilderness, and I have so much enjoyed the time that my parents brought us out into the wilderness and taught us not just survival skills, but like you were saying, learning about the animals, the behavior, nature, mother nature, and how it affects, how it can affect us, and how it does affect us in really everyday life. Many guests have said everything is connected. I would hope that people take the opportunity to go out and be with nature, learn, and then go enjoy. Lots to be said for Mother Nature. What I like to teach everyone is looking at the earth as your own body. Okay, the earth is one big, living, growing, changing organism. It's not a bunch of little parts like uh, the African continent or Asian continent or Pacific Ocean or Atlantic Ocean. Those are simply parts to one single body. If you want to stay healthy as a human and you cut off your finger, well, you might bleed, so that may affect your heart. Okay, if you take drugs that ruin your brain, well, that's going to affect your bloodstream and your skin and your limbs and your ability to move and so forth and so on. Same with the earth. All of the oceans are interconnected with this flowing energy. This energy is interconnected with the energy on land, and all the animals from the bumblebee to the hummingbird are directly connected to the dolphin, whale, and sea turtles. And on Earth, all of these energies are shared as one living single unit. And if you don't take care of part of your body, the rest of your body is going to suffer. In the past 300, 400, 500 years in the human race, they tried to look at the earth as little teeny parts. Okay, what are we doing in Africa? What are we doing in South America? What are we doing in the Himalayas? And what are we doing in the bottom of the ocean in the Pacific? But it, it doesn't work that way because everything's interrelated. Even in Kauai, where I have my school classes, I have a class of 12-year-old kids, and the class that I teach is interspecies communication. How do you get the phone number of a shark, of a sea turtle, of a nudibranch, and how you can be on land and call the animals and communicate and talk with them whenever you want to, just like you could with your cell phone talking to your friends on the other side of the country. And so being out and living with animals, then in my storytelling, and what I like to do more than anything, is share how the animals behave, how they think, how they move, how they feed, how they reproduce, and how that energy is connected with the rest of the energy on the planet. And I'm doing incredibly detailed studies. I just got back from the Sea of Cortez, the Gulf of California, uh, in Mexico, doing a marine life study there. And the very same species of marine life in the Sea of Cortez also lives on the Galapagos Islands, 3,000 miles oh. to the south. And we've now discovered that on surface currents all around the world, those same surface currents that the Hawaiians understood to be able to take their Baca sailing canoes and go from Tahiti to Hawaii. On these surface currents are little slicks of water, fresh water, and they blow around the surface of the ocean, and in these slicks 
are eggs and larvae and babies of marine life. So you may have a pollution problem in the Sea Cortez where they're killing certain species of dolphin and, and extinguishing other types of fish species. But what a lot of people don't realize is that these animals reproduce and their babies may not hatch or settle down to the seafloor until they get to Ecuador. There's a current across northern California and northern Pacific are going from north to south. Then we went down to Peru and there's a humble current in Peru that's going from south to north. And then we went to Indonesia and there's a current in Indonesia going all the way across the Pacific to the Galapagos Islands. So what we're even understanding now because of DNA studies that when you look at the Pacific Ocean, all of these animals are intermixed and they all share energy and they all share the same DNA. And so as a populace on Earth, we need to look at somewhere like the Pacific Ocean as an entire body. What happens in one part of the Pacific is directly going to affect what happens in the rest of the Pacific Ocean. And through DNA, modern cameras, satellite imagery, underwater 4K movie cameras, we now can make it really fun to teach all of this information to the school kids. They're not just going to the beach because Uncle Terry wants them to learn about the reef below where they surf at out here at Pipeline on the North Shore of Oahu. They get to go to the beach and grab a drone helicopter and an underwater <laughs> drone submarine and, and a movie camera, and they get to go out with me and live with the animals and for themselves see how interconnected we all are and get to know these animals in a very personal way like you would the dogs and cats in your neighborhood. So it's really fun. And the whole idea here is to teach kids to have fun and then to have this very detailed learning. Absolutely. And I think if we can teach the interconnectedness, then as children grow older, they look at the world around them with more mature eyes and understanding that everything they do as well and everything that humans do will connect to whatever is happening in the world or can be the cause of whatever is happening in the world. I think your words of teaching, your words of wisdom are certainly spot on for what we want to help provide as far as wisdom for the future in yeah, you know, preservation. When we were kids growing up, and my dad was one of the surfers in California, we didn't know what the surf was going to be like until we walked down to the beach that day. There was no surf line, no forecast, no weather forecast. So we really didn't know. Now, if you go and watch professional surfing contests anywhere in the world, they're monitoring the weather on the other side of the ocean. And they're tracking storms off Japan or Tahiti yeah. or way on the other side of the Pacific to know when the surf is going to hit Hawaii. So the young surfers right now and divers and younger kids are really realizing that, wow, our surf here in Hawaii is interconnected with the weather in Japan. Certainly. And the weather in the Philippines. And so they're starting to look at the earth through their eyes of surfing as being totally interconnected. So all of a sudden, if I want to go out and have some good waves and have a 
healthy beach to sit on and a pretty ocean and a coral reef, then I need to care about what's going on in Japan or the Pacific Northwest or Ecuador. And so this is the kind of learning right now that I've got 16,000 hours with National Geographic underwater studying marine life. Then going to 23 different countries around the world and studying marine life, talking with the animals that live underwater in Indonesia, in the Galapagos, in the Bahamas, they all know each other. These animals around the world, they know what the other one's doing, what the ocean is doing all around the planet, because their survival on an earth that spins and weather changes and currents change, everything's changing all the time, their survival is being able to connect with the other animals all around the world. Now, is that so strange? I'm connecting with you and you're in New Mexico and I'm in Hawaii. We don't even have the same time on our watch, but we're learning from each other, we're teaching each other, and we're understanding the world in a little bit better way by doing this podcast. So what I hope to, through my movie series, is to teach kids all around the world that they have that inner connection with nature. You're born with it. The kids understand computers. I say that everybody has their own password to the internet and infinite knowledge. You and me and every, yeah, you and me and everybody on earth has their own internal password to know what the rest of the planet is doing. You can know what the whales are doing in the Pacific Northwest. You can know what the octopus is doing in Maui. You can know all about the intricacies of animals around the world because you have an internal password to connect with that ultimate knowledge on this planet. And so teaching older people how to reconnect with nature and to refine that internal password so they can do a better job at interconnecting with the planet. Kids automatically have that interconnection, so showing how to build on it. Then we can turn the planet back into one functioning living system instead of a bunch of little parts that are being operated differently. That's going to be the future of saving our planet. You can't have the Chinese military practicing underwater microwave weaponry and then the United States being off the Philippines and practicing underwater laser torpedoes. These are all conflicting energy. That throws the earth out of balance. The dolphins and the whales and the sea turtles and all the sharks are trying to tell people right now and show people we need to get back in balance with them and we get back into this interconnection and start doing away with these man-made energies because they're very destructive. And so we have to get back into being taught by wildlife and the marine life on how to be better stewards of this planet. And when we do, I think we're going to find that everyone's going to be healthier. Everyone's going to be happier. We're being bombarded by 50,000 impulses a second. Radio waves, microwaves, mm-hmm. sound waves, all these transmissions that humans are making. People are finding it harder and harder to meditate these days because of that. They're being bombarded by so many unnatural energies that breaks that connection between you, the earth, you and nature, you, the ocean, and you to the dolphin or the whale. It breaks the natural bonds and the natural communication between all living systems on earth. 
I had a guest on, Andrew Bracken, who works with farmers in Africa. And these farmers are having to figure out what types of seeds to plant. Well, my gosh, you've been planting seeds for hundreds of years. So what's the problem? The problem is climate change. The seeds that they've been planting don't work anymore. Climate change is causing these, yet those farmers have a minute carbon footprint. Right. And so, like you say, that connectedness is breaking. The only way you're going to understand change is if you get immersed in it and become part of it. We did a study with Scripps Institute in Kauai out at Tunnels, a place I know you like to go to. Very much so. It's called the acoustical footprint of the reef. We put this high-tech equipment out on the reef that recorded every sound on the reef for two weeks. Three trillion sounds in one little part of the reef in two weeks. We have the sound of the coral polyps talking to each other. We have the sound of the lobsters talking to the crabs. We have the sound of the sea urchins talking to the whales. So Earth has been built on a lot of data, a massive amount of data. It's not just climate change in that word itself that is causing the disconnect. Climate change is very simple. Humans are causing Earth changes to accelerate. These are changes that have been going on for billions of years, but they take a million years to happen versus 100. So the more humans cause an accelerated climate change, the more interconnected humans are going to have to be with their environment to deal with these changes. And there is no training scientifically that's going to teach me how to deal with a change in any different part of the world. Everything is changing. The great white sharks are changing. The nudibranchs are changing. The crabs are changing. All the animals on earth are changing. So the only way we're going to deal with that is to go out, be with nature, spend time to understand the changes to know which direction to go. When certain seeds don't work anymore, there's other seeds that are right there that are just ready to be planted in the ground that are going to grow like mad. If the coral reefs were healthy, we have a sea level rise in Hawaii that's about a quarter of an inch, maybe to a half an inch a year. Now, the coral reef can grow at four to five inches a year. So as sea levels rise, if you understand the reef and you nurture it, the coral reef will rise, and that will offset the problems with the sea levels because the coral reef is Mother Nature's natural underwater seawall. Same with the kelp forest off California and Pacific Northwest. But the problem is, is that humans have lost their harmony with the coral reef. They've lost their harmony with the kelp forest. If there's a change happening, then you can start assimilating and feeling those changes and know what to do. So humans have to grow up here is the bottom line. The whales lived on Earth for 20 million years. Mm -hmm. They started in the ocean, they gravitated to the land, and they went back to the ocean. And whales and dolphins, they don't live as a single individual. They live and harmonize as a group altogether acting as one. That's why dolphins can heal each other. That's why... One dolphin a thousand miles away from another dolphin knows that it's sick. 
That's why every dolphin in the pod knows when a female dolphin becomes pregnant because they all live and act as one. So when there's a change, they can harmonize with that change and figure out how to change along with it. The earth is not dying or falling apart. It's not going anywhere. We're enclosed in an atmosphere here. We're not losing parts of the earth up to Pluto day by day. But we are creating all of these man-made and woman-made energies. Aside from going out and sitting in nature, what else can children and adults do who may not live near nature? They live in urban areas. What can they do to help the world to reconnect? That's a, that's a really, really great question. I've been all around the world. I've been to almost every continent on Earth now and underwater, and I'm trying to figure that out. Nature is everywhere, no matter where you are. I went to New York City. I did some interviews and some movies in downtown New York. You can sit up on the top of an apartment complex by nature very well. There's peregrine falcons flying around in New York City right now uh, and nesting on top of the high-rise buildings. So wherever you are at, get outdoors and get away from electronics and spend some peaceful time. We're on electronics right now that's doing something good with this podcast. We can't get away from electronics completely because that's how we communicate together. Okay. But you don't need to be calling your phone or texting your buddy 75,000 times a day. Put your phone down, go out in the ocean and say hello to a dolphin and a sea turtle and learn how to communicate naturally. We don't have to change the world. We do that by changing ourselves. Such words of wisdom. I want to share something. We live in a really small part of New Mexico at the bottom of a huge 10,000 foot peak. Of course, being in the mountains, we have deer, bear, coyote, everything. And uh, skunks, we have a skunk, adorable. I love him. So anyway, one year, many years ago, our dog, we were sitting on the porch and we have spindles on the porch and a doe came by with her twins. And the doe walked up. Okay, honey, should we move the dog? No, just let's just let the animals do their thing. So yeah. the doe stuck her nose through the spindles, and Maka went over and stuck her nose there. And they talked, and they licked, and they touched. And then after that, Maka walked down the stairs, and she has twins, and deer will kill your dog. Yeah. And she walked down the stairs, and the doe left her twins with Maka, and then she just went under the tree a little bit farther away where she browsed. Every day that doe would come by and look for Maka, we'd let Maka out, and the doe would leave her her fawn. It is just incredible, whatever they said to each other. The beautiful thing about that, Catherine, the animals out there interconnect with each other, and they try to interconnect with humans. And it's the human that has put up that barrier where they don't want to interconnect and even over you know for the last thousands and thousands of years you know indigenous cultures learn how to use their third eye they they knew how to stay open to animal energies and how to connect with animals so let's start learning from the animal world and, and let them reteach us how to be in harmony on this planet they've been here a lot longer than we have and they've been very successful such 
interesting uh, outlook of, of wisdom and positivity and hope. People often sit there and say, Terry, how do you keep such a good attitude with all of these problems? Well, you know what? Nine out of ten times I go scuba diving, I see some of the most amazing creatures on Earth. So the bottom line is that I'm out there every day. 90% of what I see on this planet is still incredibly beautiful, incredibly connective. And you may see events that are happening that are really bad. I mean, they're bad. We've got to deal with them. Storms, famine, drought, fires, hurricanes, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and they're increasing in numbers. That's obvious, okay? But you got to realize it's still 90% of the earth is incredibly beautiful. The animals are still in harmony with each other. And so mm -hmm. we don't want to get overwhelmed with all the negatives and stop looking at all the positives. So it, it just it's, all, it's up to all of us, you know? Yes. yes, it is. Yeah. It is. Well, Terry, this has been inspiring and eye-opening because over the last several months, I've, I have an eye issue and, and it's brought me down really bad. So, but I, I love doing the podcast because people like you bring me back up and bring the positivity and hope back. And so what, what last inspiring words, and you've been incredibly inspiring, but what last inspiring words do you want to share to help engage people to become active? That's a great question. And I can only just talk briefly about myself. Okay. I never tell anybody what to do or any of that kind of stuff. I just go out and do it. And hopefully they want to follow along because they see it's positive. Uh, I almost died of a heart seizure a couple years ago, was pronounced dead. So I got electrocuted while scuba diving under a military ship using electromagnetic weapons. Um, so I've been pronounced dead twice in my life with no chance of living. I've had hip surgery, back surgery, neck surgery, uh, and about broken every bone in my entire body. And so today I got up early. I did look at the news. I did do some editing and movies. We're doing electronics on the podcast, but the second we get off, I'm going for a scuba dive. And I'm going to spend a couple hours underwater, and then after that, hopefully I'll probably surf for a little while and then go out and watch the sunset and have a glass of wine on the beach. And by the end of the day, I've completely forgotten about all my problems. So if I could just ask people if they would just put down the cell phone, put down the computer, Go outdoors, sit in your garden, and talk to a butterfly. You'll find really, truly that many of your problems that you have in life and ailments will go away if you do that. And the harmony you create on that is going to help harmonize the planet so we can all go together a little bit better uh, future for Mother Earth. Uh, Terry Lilly, it has been a joy. Next week's show is going to be, again, Terry Lilly, and we're going to talk about his professional work underwater, around the world, his cinematography, and marine life, Terry Lilly. I, I can't wait to see you in Hawaii <laughs> very soon. <laughs> and thank you very much for having me on the show. It really feels good to uh, uh, share little bits and information about nature. That's why I was kept alive on this planet. That's why I was born. The animals are talking through me to remind you on how to behave on this planet. And I'm just their voice. Well, you are a great voice and you are 
Everything Wild, wild in nature that is. And thank you so much for bringing awareness to the changes around the world, but also engagement uh, and getting people active and educated because advocacy is education. Absolutely. All righty. Thank you. Yes. Aloha. Your positive imprint. What's your PI?